Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi, Mark. We're talking to you from New South Wales, Australia, back down in the colder country. Um, and not too long before you're going whizzing off to Europe to uh, first stop is Germany and then you're heading off to the UK and then uh, some other countries. Um, so while we've got you in Australia, we've got our questions from our members uh, for this week and they're fantastic. A lot of questions. I'm very excited to uh, hit you with them. But first of all, I just wanted to read you a comment from Jane, which is just a lovely comment that's come through. She says, Mark is one of the best teachers that I've found online. I recommend him to people all the time. I particularly love the podcast because they're answering real questions from real people and providing real guidance. I feel like he's speaking to me, regardless of whether the context is audio or video. Thank you so much, Jane. That's great to hear. And it's nice to feel that you, um, you know, that you're sort of getting a, a personal feedback from what we're doing and you know and it's reaching to you on some level hopefully what we're coming up with is reaching a whole load of people we it's great to hear uh, comments uh, from from people like yourself so the first question for you mark this week is all about brace and i think it's one you're going to grapple with quite easily um i know you see it a few a fair bit at your clinics um but this question is all about a four-year-old homebred mare who's been started under saddle and she has reared a little bit last year and now she's sort of getting ridden a, a little bit more and she's kept, but she's carrying a brace and the rider feels that the brace um, is, is going to cause her to go up. Like it's the only way that she's going to go and it's going to go up. So obviously that brace is, is in there and Prue is wondering with the correct work, can this be eliminated? Um, yeah, Prue, most certainly. Um, you know, I, I, I sort of have a bit of a joke when I'm at clinics. Um, you know, I'm going on a brace hunt. Um, so when people bring horses to clinics, uh, it's not just, you know, let's just be enlightened and, and learn about, you know, horsemanship and bettering ourselves and our horses. It's about um, hunting um, <clears throat> the, the red flags and the braces in our horses. And, you know, and I sort of, you know, I guess you can go out through the bush and walk through the forest and uh, not really notice that you're following a, a track or a trail or, but a, but a, a seasoned tracker is going to find little things along the way that uh, recognise that, uh, that that they're on that we're on the path of something. So um, I guess um, someone might look at a horse and go, "That's a pretty soft horse and going pretty good," and. And I'll come in and I'll say, well, I can, I, I sense a brace in there and we'll just have to track where it is. And, um, you know, so basically I'm, I'm, I'm hunting brace at clinics all the time. And the reason I do that is because it's just, um, it, you know, a, a brace is, a, I guess, a, a form of worry or anxiety in a horse and it causes them to have a sort of a negative response and usually through braces, they brace up through their body and mind. You know, like the most common brace that we see is when horses freeze and they sort of go all rigid with their body, uh, you know, in a standstill. And, and they also, when they start to move, they carry that rigid movement. Uh, you know, they're sort of heavy on their forehand, their head's bobbing a lot, their feet are hitting the ground hard. When they back up, their sort of hind feet are, you know, scrambling out to the side and, and uh, paddling and things like that. And they're pushing off their front end. And, you know, when they turn, they sort of lock up and, it's just the natural sort of thing in a horse to want to sort of 
you know, if they don't understand something, it's almost like, a, I say, it's a protection where they're just bracing up, you know. So um, I'll give an example. Like, um, I guess if, if there was a boxer, um, <clears throat> uh, a boxer may know how to bend and weave and duck and deflect, uh, and they also know how to block. Whereas a, a person that wasn't a boxer and, and if they had a punch or someone come towards them with a punch, then they're going to sort of brace and just block like that and block that that pressure coming towards them and that fist. So uh, whereas a seasoned boxer might just step around and sort of loosely move around that that, that punch. Um, and, and that's what happens with horses, that the pressure of uh, the reins come, the pressure of us, all that sort of thing come. The horse doesn't know what to do, so it kind of just automatically freezes into that pressure uh often starting at the part of the body where the pressure was and, and most commonly when we're using reins that's where it where it is but that that say say for instance if we were using the reins you know the horse might brace in the jaw the the, the pole the, the neck and the front feet and the hind feet um so in order to get brace out of horses you have to almost make them kind of soften their thoughts and soften their body and shift the brace through movement a lot of braces better shifted through the uh the horse starting to search but searching to the idea that movement is a good idea um so uh, and that movement has to transfer through just about every muscle of their body uh for the brace to actually dissipate so um so you know like lateral flexion sometimes people bend their horse's head around to the side and think oh, i've got my horse soft but all they've done is transferred the brace to the shoulders um and 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 as i say the muscles have to soften all through the whole body for that brace to, to release uh, effectively uh, in the long run. Um, so with your horse, yes, of, of course, brace, um, your fixing brace can, can help it. So your horse, the only way is up. Uh, so basically some things you want to look at if the only way is up with, with brace is the availability of, you know, the horse being able to move backwards softly, move, move its front end and its back end softly, uh, sideways, things like that. Um, but find out where the brace starts. Uh, so usually I would say if you take up on the reins of your horse, you take a feel on the horse on the left rein, back up or anything like that, you feel this lock up in it and it's sort of protecting itself and, and then all of a sudden the energy builds up, the worry builds up and then because it doesn't have a direction to go or it's not sure about that direction, it's not confident about it, it just will blow and fight the pressure and, and push away from the pressure. So... You know, in hand, something I do a lot with, with the rearing horses or the ones that potentially could be rearers and go up is I basically teach them to soften into the feel of my hand because a lot of times when you're riding, you're going to be using that hand to sort of direct them, direct their hindquarter, things like that. You know, that's through the rein. Um, so, so I'll sort of pick up a feel on them and I'll start to wriggle the knot. I might push it up a little bit and I try and get them to sort of lift and then start to move their feet a little bit. Uh, and, and create a bit of energy through their body and a bit of desire to search and move. And then I'll just keep doing that till they kind of wriggle loose a little bit. Sometimes when I hold feel and they brace and they just kind of freeze and nothing's happening, I might bang my leg a little bit and that puts a little, you know, a little sort of startle in their mind. And that little startle gets them to sort of wriggle loose a little bit sometimes. And then when they start to wriggle loose, you might just shift them back half a step or forward half a step um, because... Um, a lot of horses that um, that I meet at clinics have been moved away from pressure. So that when you when you put pressure on them, instead of them soften and have energy and stand with life or move softly with life, that life just tends to sort of want to get away from the pressure. So if they can't get away and you kind of contain that life or trap it, that's when they kind of brace up or get really worried or might blow. 
or, or then to, or just try and escape on the other sort of side of things. So, and that's why I'm really big on getting a horse to go towards his thoughts, not just make energy and get it, tell it to move away from the energy because uh, to get a collection and softness in a horse, you need a soft mind, but you need energy and you need that energy just to softly sort of be inside that horse and they're kind of loose, ready to think and move in any direction. And it's that natural energy that actually releases the brace, uh, but it has to go with a soft mind. So what I'm trying to do to release the brace on hand, I'm just trying to get that horse to kind of energize a little bit and then I just rock it from, you know, maybe forwards and backwards to start with and they'll fight a little bit because they feel a trap and they think they're going to get away from the energy. But if you just go steady with it, you can get them to kind of wriggle loose. Um, but, you know, that's one way just to kind of get that life through them. But then the, the other, you know, as I say, you've got to do forwards, backwards, forwards, backwards, and you've got to do miles of backing up in a sense of, the horse is comfortable at thinking backwards and able to do it without even um, worrying about it or uh, and the other thing is you know can they bend softly and can you pick up an indirect rein and can they untrack that hindquarters nice and softly uh, can you pick up that knot and move them across in their forequarter and their chest is nice and soft so when I don't identify and getting rid of brace that the area that I'm really looking at apart, apart from the mind which is you know the most important thing in the searching in the mind is is that sort of chest area so you know right up through the base of their neck and their chest up through to their wither you want to see that kind of loosen and get loose and, and lift and, and and when they start to do that one and they start to release there then releasing the hindquarters is kind of easy peasy in a sense but if they haven't released that inside front foot and that chest and lifted that wither up then then everything else is a little harder and even if you were untracking the hind feet because some people might say you know move those hind feet away uh, get those hind feet moving. If you haven't released the front end of the horse and the mind of the horse, then it's going to be a really bad hindquarter yield where the horse is just braced up on its inside front foot and still able to panic and, and uh, you know, rear or do anything like that. So, yeah, get all directions settable in a nice, soft and a vast, slow kind of walk first so the horse is freely moving. And then you build, you build that up. Um, and just, you know, so that's through the feel of the knot. The, uh, the halter and the other thing I sort of look at is um, uh, I put a little bit of worry around the horses with a flag and I might say if I just worry you near your chest with a flag are you going to freeze or are you going to loosely go oh well I can I can move away from that worry a step um, and you're not teaching them to run away from the worry or get out you're just trying to say search you know search and you know so if I put a bit of worry down it's one leg it'll just pick up and move that leg back and go oh, I don't like that then I just move across um, and, and, and that's a, like a, a, a test I do with horses to one, release the freeze, but also get them to uh, show me that if anything happens around them, instead of them going, there's worry there, there's worry there, I'm just going to stand here, I'm just going to stand here, um, they go, oh, I'm a bit worried about that, I might just shift a tiny bit. And if the horse softly shifts, then as worry goes in, worry tips out. So anxiety goes in, the horse makes a decision by shifting a little bit, it tips its own anxiety out. And, and, and the ability for horses under certain little amounts of pressure to be able to shift and think for themselves and make a decision, really important to get them to sort of handle pressure when we ride them and things like that. Uh, and a lot of horses I come across, you wave a flag and they think, oh, this is desensitizing, I'm just gonna stand still. And the worry of the flag goes into the horse, but nothing comes out. All it does is brace through its whole body. So getting the horse to do something for itself when it's worried is really, really important as well. And if you address all these things, then, you know, and it's probably more that I've missed, but uh, you can you can uh, relieve horses of brace and hard thoughts, and they start to be uh, become empowered, and also then think through pressure. 
I guess it's good um, that Prue's identified that she's got that feeling that she's going to go up before she actually makes a habit of going up too. It's probably a good time, enough good opportune time to sort of to act on it before there's too much ridden no, work. Is there any sort of forces that you've come across, Mark, where you've you've you know you can just talk about where you they have actually been rearers, but you've you've enabled them to to stop rearing? I mean, is it really that simple that when you reduce the brace, they just literally stop rearing because they've got somewhere to go with their feet? Yeah, yeah. Right? Now a lot of horses, you know, like you know. There's always going to be a horse that's got some sort of pullback at a clinic, some chronic, uh, you know, a horse that I've been helping over time in Queensland's a, a little chestnut mare. She's She's got a funny looking wither because previously in the past she's flipped over backwards and broke a wither. Um, and, you know, at the end of the the first clinic we did with her in the in the leading part of it, you know, you, you could have went and hard tied her on any sort of rail anywhere because, um, you know, she started to get a lot better. Now, if she does have, have relapses, I guess, because um, I think, you know, the owners as well have to keep going over it a lot just to sort of keep that in mind because the past of pulling back and from pressure and fighting was, was so ingrained in her that, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of reprogramming through, through offering them a, a solution through an alternative which becomes their new memory and a new pathway. Um, and sometimes under certain pressures, they might go back to that old, old memory, um, some more than others. But so you have to keep hot on it once you've loosened up the brace. But... But yeah, she basically. I think I. I think for her, I. I kind of. I just got the flag and um and I gently just shook it underneath her a little bit to get her to shift until she shifted all four feet loose off the ground, and before I even asked her to come forward, because if you pulled on her head hard, she just run backwards and just you know full panic. Um, I actually think I backed her for about two lengths of the arena just until she was kind of starting to find her own back up and and the hind feet had freed up and the front feet had freed up a bit. And then once she could go backwards and float backwards, and that was just me get following her. So I shake the flag a bit. She moves a bit. I follow up, uh, not chasing her with it. As there's a, anyway, I won't go into too much detail there, but you get them to shift and then you follow them until they kind of continually start to shift and float. And once she started to float a little bit backwards, then right at that point, I started to say, now let's come forwards. And her forwards was so much better after she released the brace in reverse because she was so disempowered in backup. And when she panicked, she just lock up and flip uh, or she'd run backwards in a panic but she wouldn't run backwards very well so the decision end up ended up up in the air tangled so, up so yeah. by backing her teaching her to back up that empowered her to go oh well I do have another direction and then once she started to realize that the worry in front of her she could back off and not have to just panic uh, then she goes well it doesn't worry me as much but then when I put a lot of worry in front of her and said now come forwards she's like well I can do that because my feet are free mm-hmm. and I don't feel so panicked about the pressure because sometimes it's the trapping pressure that also makes the double whammy. So the bucket might fall off the rail, horse panics, the pressure on the pole hits them as they hit it and then that's the that's the catalyst that makes them really panic. Um, but it's how they move away from danger that actually sets them up to search and they get so used to moving away from danger in this complete snap response that when the pressure hits them, it's in a hard snap. So when they can move away from danger softly, then they get a lot better at, uh, you know, seeking a better answer under pressure. Mm. Okay, that's all um, leading to our next podcast, um, which people here they're interested in how Mark deals with pressure and how crucial it is that a horse understands pressure so that that can actually open them up for, as he says, searching um, and coping with scenarios in life. Uh, watch out for that podcast that's coming soon. So, Mark, um, obviously there's, there's hope there for anyone with rearing horses, which is wonderful to hear. Um, you mentioned clinics and 
the sort of horses that you get and what you're looking for, you're hunting, you're a red flag hunter, you're hunting for braces. Uh, Monica has asked, um, how do we prepare ourselves for a clinic? What videos are we best to watch? And I just wanted to answer that one very quickly because um, I can direct you to the online videos to watch, you know, the challenges specifically set up for anyone that's new to Mark so that you can get a really sort of good overall perspective of where he is coming from and also, you know, to sort of have a bit more of an understanding of what to expect at the clinic um, in terms of what he's going to be doing and looking for. And likewise, if you go through his philosophy videos, they will stand you in good stead just to sort of have an appreciation of Mark um, and him. And him. And um, it's not so much about what where you are up to or where your horse is up to at a clinic because as you walk into the clinic, Mark will just address what he sees and sometimes a horse that is might be a little bit green or a little bit fresh is perfectly okay because you're going to have to deal with that yourself at some point anyway down the track so it's kind of good sometimes for mark to be able to see those those holes and then he can you can watch how he deals with it and the angle that he takes um so is that right is there any other comments mark you'd like to add to that yeah, on no, how to pay yourself a clinic? Uh, pretty well spot on um you know, really, in a sense, I don't want people to go and practice one thing before the clinic in case I, I, I might say, uh, if it, especially if it's a bit chronic or something like that, I might say, well, hang on, maybe we shouldn't deal with it like that and do something different. Um, so, so, yeah, it's better off just getting the philosophy, the ideas of my teaching, some of the basic ideas to look for in horses and stuff like that, to, to, and, and, then, and then come to a clinic and, and I'll go through and, and, and I'll try and explain to you what I see is how your horse is coping with different things, how, how it uh, mis may understand or misunderstand things. Um, and then I can also address you as a person and, and you know, you, you know, your strengths and weaknesses. Um, so, you know, your weaknesses, you know, I hope to make your strengths uh, in a sense, as in by um, or offering you alternative to things like that. So, so yeah, really, I'll, I'll, I'll do a lot of, you know, because I say personal, even if you didn't go and watch any videos, it wouldn't matter because um you're just going to come in the only thing that like 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 you said jenny is the philosophy is important because sometimes what i've found over the years is um because sometimes i've i've you know do clinic i do a lot of clinics and, and people come and they go this is the opposite of what i've just done for 20 years and they feel a bit disheartened and they feel a bit like um oh no bar humbug i'm really sort of you know and they either shut down or they open up so I think if you've got a bit of an idea of the philosophy, you know what you're prepared for and you can already start to think about it. So it's not such a challenging, um, you know, it's not, you're not going from, you're not jumping into the cold water straight away. Um, and that's probably just to more help people emotionally uh, taking on board the clinic and the learning that's going to be at the clinic. All right. Um, and Monica did ask another question, which I'm going to um, put to you because I'm sure that there are some of you out there that are thinking the same thing. So how do, as a horse trainer ourselves, horse riders, how do we find out where we are and where the holes are in our training so that then we can make the most of what we need to be doing? Yeah, I, I was thinking about that question and it's kind of a, to me, it's a tough, a bit of a tough, tough question because there's so many little things that I could probably uh, miss in trying to sort of, you know, you know, explain it. But I guess what I, what I'd be looking at is, um holes in our training is something sometimes you need another eye to identify um so when you watch somebody train or you watch some videos and you know even the online videos that i offer and stuff like that is 
you're going to have to notice your own holes in training in the sense that, you know, and, and, and or somebody else comes along and overlooks you and says, well, actually, you're doing that slightly different. Because sometimes, uh, even when I've said to someone over and over, stand like this and just offer a feel like that, I'll have to go and show them and adjust it and adjust it quite a few times to get it right. So, you know, in the sense of the holes in training that we have, um, it's always good to have, good to have someone to look and yeah, ask and, and just explain what they see. The other thing, as I say, look, you know, do a video of yourself training and you look at it and just look at it hard. Um, I learned a lot through watching my own videos. When I first started doing videos, I went, wow, geez, I didn't think he did that. <laughs> and I was a bit like <laughs> disappointed in myself. And I'm like, uh, so, so I think uh, just take a video of yourself when you're watching your horse and just a good watch, idea. watch the video and don't, don't think about what I'd, what I'd say or what someone else would say. Just watch it and say, and then as you're going through the video, try and remember or reflect on what you were asking the horse at the time and the answer to the question that you would have expected in that, how you approach the situation, even just when it comes to grounding. You know, you watch a horse, you watch people go, I'm standing strong, and then you'll see him move about three feet or even half a foot uh, when they're asking a question. And it's like, well, hang on a minute, you moved over there. Was a reason for that? No, I actually didn't even know I did it. And you go, well, you did it and you have to know you do it because everything you do is in some respects, it's a, it's, it's a uh, request. Uh, it's a, it's, there's a meaning to it. Every step has a meaning. Every, every pickup of rope has a meaning. So if you suddenly watch yourself, you'll notice all the um, things that aren't meaning anything that you're doing accidentally. Uh, and then you can sort of slowly tick off those ones first and say, get rid of those ones. Let's see if I can be more grounded and then video it again in a, couple of days or a week and and see if you sort of address those and you don't even need someone else to watch it if if you if you're a bit of a critic like like myself in the sense self-critical uh I, I, you know i'm quite self-critical when it comes to watching myself back then um i'll see things that i'd, I'd like to improve on so yeah that's that, that's my answer to how do you address your own problems because i don't know you yourself and and, and i could go through a whole bunch of things um how you um you know, address training with your horses and if there's any holes in your training with your horses. Well, watching those videos back, you'll see certain holes in your horses. You watch them closer because as you sit back, you don't have the pressure of asking questions and things like that. So you watch your horse move and you'll see it. It's anxiety, how many times it, it destinates, how many times it sort of takes a worried step or, you know, all little things like that. You'll notice it and you'll see little holes in there. Uh, and that's, I say, another self-reflection and just you, 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 you watch it yourself. Uh, so, but in your horses, you know, how to, holes in training, there's so many little holes, but basically uh, just a little checklist that I'd sort of think about when I'm operating the horses, when I walk up to them, do they remain soft and aware as in they're, they're not, their breathing doesn't change, their eyes don't harden, things like that. You know, it's, it's basically, you know, some of the stuff that I sort of try and get people to look at in the challenges where does the horse change its emotions and is there any anxiety starting to creep in as I just even approach a horse? So, you know, there's going to be a hole there somewhere. Um, obviously, there's always advancement later on that we do with our horses, but we have to look at the basic things that we do. So, you know, everyone's at a different level. Um, and But I always go back to the basics and is in when I walk up to my horse, what happens? When I slip the halter onto the bridle and what happens? Uh, does the horse harden for a second? Is there a hole there? Can I sort of... Can I help that? Uh, when I when I take out the feel of the lead rope, does the horse uh, brace a little, sort of get a hard eye? 
um, or does it sort of willingly, softly just sort of follow that feel of that lead rope nice and softly? Uh, and if you haven't taught it to think away strong to go out on a circle, it doesn't really matter, but at least you can pick up the knot and say, is it troubled by that or not? So I guess if I'm, you know, saying how do you identify holes, go and do something with your horse and look for trouble in the horse's mind, uh, in its body. Uh, and, and if you see a little trouble, then trouble, there's always going to be trouble in teaching horses new things because there's always pressure. But if it's something you've been doing a lot of and you've done a lot of it and you think it's okay, go back and check those things. And you'll find you'll find a little bit of brace and trouble back there that you should fix. And as I say, everything you do is a there's a request and there's a well not a request it's a conversation, but through that there's going to be little requests that you'll be asking and little answers that your horses deliver. So um, right back to those basics, you just look for trouble. As I say, you approach your horse. Is there trouble when I put the halter on? Is there trouble when I just rub down the side or walk down this side or walk past me? Is there trouble? And, and just um, go back and, and, and fix those things. Um, and that's how, you know, I really identify anything in a horse, same as a clinic. I'm only teaching you what, what, I'm only telling you what I would do at a clinic. I watch someone walk up to the mounting block and I see trouble in the horse and I say, well, you know, where did that trouble start and why? Let's, let's look at it. And uh, they've got to think about it then. And, and I've also got to think about it, you know, because I'm the one that's sort of there that's supposed to try and help. So, um, and that's how you identify holes um, without going to teaching you all the holes. There's so many holes out there that take me all day to talk about every single pothole out there. Yeah, that's uh, that's why you have a job, Mark, <laughs> because you're there to see things that we don't see. Um, I hope that helps, Monica. And just for any of you that are sort of struggling with the language there that Mark was using, so when he's looking for trouble, he's looking for the horse showing some sort of sign of anxiety, anxiety yeah. which may be a brace it may be a sign of tension so all of those sorts of things come under that word trouble um i yeah. hope that makes so, sense so just, to just, you just, just quickly on that it's um you look at their body you look at their eyes you, you listen for their breathing you look at their facial expressions um and, and if you and if you get start to get a good feel of a horse which everyone knows what a hard eye looks like a soft eye all those things and they can see harder expressions in horses if you see more stillness in the ears, things like that, where things stop sort of computing, um, uh, then 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 you can start to see there's a bit of trouble or anxiety in there that you've got to, you know, maybe look at why is that happening. Great. I, I really enjoyed listening to that answer. It was um, fascinating to, to, to hear. And I think a lot of information is going to be really helpful to to many people. So thank you for answering it, Mark. We're going to leave it there for this week. Um, so we will continue um, with some other questions shortly and that will be on the next week's podcast. So thank you very much for listening, everyone out there. And um, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Jenny. You can learn more from Mark and his approach online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. Join hundreds of others around the world making real progress, fixing problems and improving their relationship with their horses. There are now over 500 training videos. Make use of the seven-day free trial and take a look. Membership is just $15 a month and you get to ask Mark a question.